Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Do you have a digital mindset? Check out Season 3 of This is Digital. Season 3 of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including driving profitable growth in enterprise software and how the new sports fan experience can drive revenue. Featuring guests like Chris D'Agostino of Databricks and Scott Crable of Tama Bravo. Check out the latest and greatest on Season 3 of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. Jackson Hayes had a steam, drives in, and punches it. Oh, he missed the dunk. It looked like it went through. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi. Follow me on Twitter at jcar504. I've got over 200 followers. No big deal. Joined by the ever gallant Mr. Jim Eichenhofer, who has a comma in his Twitter follower count. Must be nice. Uh, man, we've had a, just a stretch. I feel like we've lived 10 lives since the last time uh, we spoke on this podcast. Uh how, how are you feeling? We've, we've experienced a couple of losses. As bad as it feels to lose, I don't feel discouraged by these two losses, Jim. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, the Brooklyn game was extremely hard fought, really good effort by the Pelicans. I mean, it was anyone's game until the last couple minutes. I mean, you had Najee Marshall's playing some great basketball. Jose Alvarado had a really good game that night. It just seemed like they stood toe-to-toe under circumstances where from the outside, people would looking in would say, you know, they don't have Zion or Brandon Ingram. They're going against a team that has Kyrie and Kevin Durant. This this is going to be a blowout. It's going to be one-sided, but it was not that Played whatsoever. Tough, yeah. And the Pelicans actually had a lead for a lot of the game and uh, played great, especially in the first yeah, half. Yeah, the first half felt great. I rewatched mm-hmm. the game, which was half a mistake, uh, because <laughs> the first half was fantastic. I was like, this is Pelicans basketball. Right. You know, the ball movement's great. The mm-hmm. role players are stepping up. And then I watched that second half, and I was like, I don't think I want to watch the rest of this. Yeah. No, I think the Pelicans, I mean, obviously a lot of people were watching them for the first time because this game was on ESPN, or maybe it was only the third, fourth time that they've seen them all season. Yeah. I think a lot of the traits that we've talked about all year were in play in that game, and New Orleans showed a lot of the reason why they're 24-16 and 16 right now. So uh, there were a lot of good things that you could check off on the list 
Friday other than the win. I think that mm-hmm. was the only part of it that was disappointing. And then Saturday against Dallas, I mean, again, they were down by a lot, able to fight back into the game, make it a little bit interesting in the fourth quarter. For me, it was just frustrating because they started 0 for 11 on three-pointers and they were 3 for 13 at one point on free throws. And I was just having this discussion with someone earlier today asking, they were asking, you know, man, the Pelicans have to be like one of the worst teams in the league free throw percentage. And I'm like, actually, no, but it's their 16th in percentage, but it just, it feels that way. And they have these big fluctuations and there's no way that I could possibly explain why that is. It just seems like on the games where they just, when they, on the games they struggle, it's a big time struggle. Yes. Because yeah. there's some nights where, yeah, it's just, it's not like one guy. It's mm-hmm. not like a hack a shack situation where like right. one of our guys just going cold. It just seems like it's going to cross the board. It's yeah. contagious. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, guys like Trey Murphy are so good at free throw shooting that that brings the team percentage up a little bit. And that's maybe if it wasn't for him, they would be somewhere in the 20s. But I mean, at 16th, they're, they're literally like yeah, middle the middle of the, of the league, pack. Yeah. So it's not overall, it hasn't been a huge weakness, but it just seems like Saturday was a good example of in clutch moments. It's yeah. just, you know, that those percentages and those, you know, that they don't show you when it happens. And right. I think that's just been when it's so brutal because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you went into that Nets game, you went into that Mavs game, not saying expecting to lose, but understanding if you did as shorthanded as, as you are as a Pelican squad and as good as those teams are coming in completely healthy in those games. Uh, but you played them tough and, and to, to just almost get those victories. And the Mavs have won eight of their last nine games. Uh, Luca's now going to miss tonight's game against OKC. That must be nice for them. Uh, it just seems like everybody's playing the Pels full strength. And, to, you know, KD talked about it post-game with Cassidy Hubbard, uh, who is on the podcast today as our guest, that, you know, this is a test game. He talked about everyone stepping up in the role players, playing good minutes and and uh, playing well in the minutes they had. And just so much to make up for. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think we're definitely past the point where other teams overlook the Pelicans even when – Zion, B.I., and C.J. also didn't play Saturday. I think, as Durant said, these other teams recognize how much talent is on this roster and how many guys can come through. You know, Najee Marshall, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado. I could go on and on. I mean, there's plenty of talent on this team. Um, I, I saw a lot of people Saturday on Twitter saying, you know, oh, that I'm not even going to watch the game. They have no chance. And I was just like... I mean, how many times have we said, have not we, how many times have people said... Yeah, the the nebulous they. The, the they. How, yeah. how many times have they people been like, oh, they got no chance to win this game because these guys are out, and then they either... The Indiana game was a great example of that, where people were like, ah, oh, they're done. That was a big one. And then yeah. they ended up taking a 30-point lead, and they won that game by 20, so... And the first Dallas game. I feel like those are two mile-marker games in this season. That, sure. that Indiana Pacers yep. game and that first Dallas game where we played them, I felt like those were inspirational points. So there's enough there's enough talent and enough players on this team, I think, that they can compete just about with everyone, even when some of the key guys are out of the lineup. But Saturday, to me, was just a case of, you know, even though you look at the last few minutes and you, and you get within maybe five, six points, and you think you got a chance to win this game. I thought they they really kind of, quote-unquote, lost the game in the first quarter yeah. when, you know, 
so many things went wrong and they were down, I think it was 18 at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, they missed all nine of their three point attempts in the first yeah. quarter, which was just brutal to watch after mm-hmm. a while. And they just kept not going in. They made just six of their 26 field goal attempts. Yeah. So you just kept watching just clunk, clunk, mm-hmm. clunk. And it just seemed like they could never quite get in a rhythm. Even when shots would go in, it just, you never felt a momentum uh, in that Pelican squad that game. And going forward, I think one of the big keys on the rest of this road trip is that they just got to figure out a way to start games faster. The last three games that they've lost on the road, which was Dallas and then going back to Philly and Memphis on the previous road trip, they gave up more than 30 points in all of the first quarters of those games and were down, you know, six, eight, 19 points after one period. So somehow they're going to have to figure out a way to not have to play from behind on the road yeah. so much the way they have been lately. Yeah. It's hard to roll the boulder uphill. Uh, but uh, again, those are not discouraging losses. Those are two very, very, very good teams that were uh, playing us. Of course, missing Zion. Of course, missing Brandon Ingram. Uh, but of course, that Mavs game, you were also missing CJ, uh, who had to rest. He will be back again tonight. So you're looking to to rebound, get that bad taste out of your mouth. And again, you were in those games. Great to see Najee show out. Uh, great to see some minutes from Kyra. We'll talk about that again in a little bit. We want to get to our guest today, ESPN's Casty Hubbard who had that post-game interview with Kevin Durant that a lot of people are tweeting about. Uh, Kevin Durant giving some love to New Orleans and the fans and the vibe and how tough the team played. So let's get to ESPN's Cassidy Hubbard. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, ESPN Zone, Cassidy Hubberth, Fresh off uh, the Nets game uh, in New Orleans. It's experiencing the new atmosphere here in this city. Casty, how are you doing? How was everything? Oh, my goodness. First of all, like, I'm still recovering from King's Day (laughs) in New Orleans. That was quite an experience. Look, I um, was obviously on a bunch of the Pelicans um, games, you know, the the playing game and the playoffs, so I had felt. Um, the atmosphere, what it feels like in, in the playoffs. But 
I mean, Doris and Dave, they were blown away by the energy. And um, I, I do feel like it was, it, 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 playoff energy is its own kind of energy. But um, what, what was there on Friday with the four different bands playing during the breaks and um, just like the excitement around this team and the way that they play, it, it was certainly palpable and, and definitely a fun experience to be around. Cassidy, it sounds like you got more than you bargained for. I'm sure when you saw you know, <laughs> this game was was really recently rescheduled to an ESPN game, you, you, I'm sure you guys probably weren't necessarily aware of the the timing in terms of Mardi Gras. And, of course, King Cake Baby made his debut that night as well. But Oh, Lord. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you mentioned how you've been here for playoffs before. And, I, and everyone knows that it just the intensity and the atmosphere in every arena reaches a different level. But can you kind of compare, I mean, as far as regular season goes, compare what you saw Friday night, the way that the atmosphere has improved and increased here compared to either other regular season games you've been to in New Orleans in the past or just what you expect in general around the NBA on, you know, a Friday night in kind of the midway point of the regular season? Yeah, this was definitely like, up a notch um, from just the atmosphere that I've been feeling so far to start the season. Um, I also think it's just like a product of how this team plays too. I mean, yes, you're undermanned. You don't have Zion who I assume creates a level of energy on his own. Um, But um, just how hard this team plays and the excitement um, that comes with, you know, like every time they're running down the court. So I, it, like, I get, like I said, it, it was a palpable experience. It was fun. It, I'm, I'm so happy for um, this New Orleans, you know, community to have like this team to kind of rally around because, you know, this, it, it, it's evident. This is a special team. They have the depth, they have the coaching, they have the talent. It's just all needs to come together on the court. Um, and, you know, I think the future is bright and you can kind of feel that you can feel that in um, the atmosphere and, and among the fans, that they have something special here. They have a special team. If, if everything can kind of just come together at the right time. I think that's the thing. We've just been waiting to get healthy here in New Orleans. And even the role players are fan favorites here in the city now, which is fantastic oh, yeah. to see. <laughs> Um, you know, your interview uh, post game with Kevin Durant was just fantastic. And a lot of New Orleans fans are, are given uh, both you and Kevin Durant props for that because uh, just the respect that he gave the city. You know, KD, uh, you know, unfortunately, he's uh, got that injury right now. But, you know, KD's been having a fantastic season thus far. And it, it seems to have been flying a bit under the radar almost just in, in such yeah. a great career. What a great season he's having in that career. I mean, just what do you make of KD so far this season? You know, at age 34, just absolutely crushing it thus far in the season, playing some of the best basketball of, of his career. I mean, you know who he is. <laughs> right. <It's> Kevin Durant. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, just, I, you're, I think you're right. He has gone under the radar, and I think it's because um, of how the season started and all of the drama, if you will, around mm-hmm. the Nets. Um, I think, you know, that mass, his efficiency on the court. And then when things started to settle and quiet down, um, and they started to like slowly put things together and win. I think what's happening in and around the league with all of the crazy scoring, um, I think, you know, people weren't super focused on the Nets because we had spent the whole start of the season focused on their drama. Yeah. Um, and so I think now when you're starting to really pay attention to them, I mean, I think it's it's hard to not put them in the um, 
front, I mean, let's see what happens with this injury, of the MVP race right now uh, because he has been consistent. He has been so efficient. I mean, I think that's what was interesting about that win for them. I think that's also um, what is, you know, encouraging to Nets fans is that when you have KD and Kyrie shooting as, as poorly as they did against the Pelicans mm-hmm. um, on Friday and still find a way through their defense to win, um, it makes them pretty scary. Um, if they if they're really figuring it out how to be cohesive and um, you know and play with energy and, and and continue to lift each other up and um, and then when you have like guys like you know Kyrie who just who, who shot really poorly throughout the whole game and then hit those I mean look uh, Katie gave gave uh, the Pelicans props that after the game because I think that's what makes the Pelicans special because of I mean you guys may be the deepest team in the league and so you have guys fighting. Who really? I mean, you've been—you've only had what 127 minutes. To your best three players on the court. So, like, uh, I'm not saying this uh, to you know to say that you know the the Pelicans didn't show up and give uh, Katie and Kyrie a, a, um, a, a battle, but I think that's also what a difference is when you have two when you have two superstars on the court. Um, and they can show up no matter what happens at the start of the game. Um, they're always lethal if they're on that court. So. Um, I think, you know, KD is 34 years old, um, went through that Achilles injury, has fought back. And I, I think, I mean, it's hard to say that KD's underrated, but, um, <laughs> right. you know, like I, it, it's just, I think it's, I don't think he gets enough credit for, for battling back from that injury and, and being this, this force that he has been um, consistently with the Nets, because I think we've all been distracted by just the drama and how, difficult in the treading uphill it's been for for him just as a leader of that team uh to get something consistent going Cassidy you you mentioned you know there's a debate of whether the Pelicans I mean they're in the conversation for maybe the deepest team in the league and Joe Joe mentioned how you know people in New Orleans are fans of the role players too it's not like they're just um you know avid fans of the of the star guys it's pretty much all the way down the roster I mean, have you gotten a sense either from being here last season for the playoffs or when you were here recently, um, just how much fun this team kind of has together as well as just the the uh, connection that the city has with guys like Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones? It, it just seems like that's one thing that has made this team popular is just, you know, as you go down the roster, you just there's specific reasons why the city and fans here just love some of these players. Yeah, I mean, Grand Theft Alvarado, like that, he, he was one of the best stories of last sure, season. Like, yeah. that was something, you know, there's not often where, where we, you know, watch this game and say, oh, we've never seen that really before. And he, he was doing that with his, his uh, sneaky steals. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, so he's obviously a fan favorite just because of how hard he plays. I think that's another reason why I was, you know, talking about, I mean, he had a monster game on Friday. Um, you know, even on the offensive end. And, um, you know, I think he just plays with such energy and he gets in people's heads. And I think that's another way that the crowd gets into the game. But I think someone who has really, really been helping this team win games is, is Najee. He's, yeah. he, he, yes. he's been fantastic. Um, Another and, undrafted guy, know, just like Jose too. Exactly. And if you can get that production from, um, from Najee and uh, I mean, Jose is obviously great. I mean, it's, uh, I think once you guys get full health, we'll see how much uh, contribution 
he has, but, uh, you know, a guy like Trey Murphy, too, I think this team is really dependent on yeah. Trey and Najee to, like, pick up, um, you know, some slack when, when um, w- with Zion and Brandon working his way back. So, you know, I think it's very interesting. And the Zion injury, um, it's unfortunate because he was rolling and you could see his confidence. Um, you know, I in talking to David Griffin, you know, uh, on Friday, he is encouraged by how he's like attacking this uh, this rehab. Um, you know, because I think in the the injuries in the past, he's kind of been like, uh, you know, disappointed or upset. Now, like he came in with some momentum, and you know, um, from what I heard from both Willie and and um, Griff, is that like he's he's you know, he, he, he's confident he's going to be fine. And I guess Griff told me that you guys have like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of technology. You know, when he had this last hamstring injury in the bubble, they have since gotten like all of this crazy technology to help with um, multiple injuries, but specifically with his hamstring injury. So they're doing like blood flow treatment and laser treatments right now to help like, you know, um, help with that strain and help. I like, I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't even know. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm currently rubbing my thigh as if I know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. They mostly got all that stuff for Jim Eichenhall for here. Cause he is a drinker and his hangovers are savage. Oh so we had to get him right. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. 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 So I, you know, we'll see, but like, like again, it's probably going to be like a month. Um, Brandon told me he hopes to be back on this road trip, but like getting him back would be huge because he's been gone for yes. over a month and that was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're talking about like two guys who, you know, who are all stars. So, um, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if you guys can all get healthy, um, and hit the, you know, hit the ground running heading into the playoffs, or if this is just kind of like, all right, let's get healthy. And then come next year, this is, this is the front runner. Yeah, it was unfortunate that you guys, when I say you guys, I mean ESPN, um, missed Zion in, in this game and didn't get a chance to see him play. But, yeah. I mean, prior to his injury and, and based on what he's done this season, I mean, what have you, what, what has been the most impressive thing about him? Or, or has he done anything this season that's surprised you or, or made you um, just kind of stand back and say, man, look at what this guy's been able to do in, in this season? Not really. Because, like, when he yeah. plays, <laughs> like, he is box office, as they say. Um, you know, like uh, that's yes, because like he, it's he's a marvel in the sense that like no other guys can do the things that he does at his size. Um, and you know, he plays the game unlike any other player because he is like any other player. Um, I can't really compare him to anyone. Right. So to answer that question, like. Yes, every time he takes the court, it, like he is surprising. But at the same time, um, you know, it, this is this is why he is someone who like has been invested in despite his injuries because he is a special player. And um, you know, the more he can just like take care of his body and find some rhythm, like I think that's the concern here because. There is a reason why, you know, we haven't seen someone like him because the NBA is an incredibly, like, hard sport um, unless you're taking care of your body. There's a lot of contact, and with him specifically, um, you know, like, he, he, he has a big frame. And so they're, like, he, as much as he's going to need to 
continue to evolve his game. He's going to continue to have to evolve his body. Like that's what the greats do. Um, you, you know, like there's a reason why Le- LeBron James has, um, you know, like spent millions and millions of dollars uh, on, on his body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I think there's something that I'm talking to people around the team with Zion's approach, like he's going to have to learn how his body is growing and maturing and, um, and how he's putting on muscle because sometimes, you know, like how he puts on muscle can, can lead to him just getting bigger. And is that better for his lower extremities? Like, mm-hmm. again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm, I'm sorry to talk <laughs> like I am one, but, um, like, I just, I think that there's a lot more to figure out with Zion. Um, it's not just like go out there and, you know, shoot the ball. Like this is, this is someone who's going to have to continually pay attention to how his body is changing and how he can, you know, change with the game. It's easy for people that maybe don't follow Pelicans to forget how young Zion is just because he is so, so huge and he's still developing. Uh, and, and to your mm-hmm. point, it is still a marvel to see him. I'm around the team all the time, and it still dazzles me like it's the first time I've seen the sport of basketball sometimes when I see him on the court. And, and again, to your point, uh, another man who is dazzling people even at the age of 38 uh, is Mr. LeBron James. And it seems like hmm. the Lakers are starting to turn this weird corner that, you know, Pelicans fans, since we own their pick, we kind of weren't rooting for. Oh, okay. uh, but, right. uh, you know, it, it's happening, it seems like. And, and the state of the West is is still a bit odd, it seems, at this point in the season. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where do you see the Lakers right now? I mean, do, do you see them turning a corner? And is this an upward resurgence? Or... Do you see this as a bit of an aberration? You know, they're sort of riding LeBron James, and how long can that last? It it seems like it could go 50-50 here. Yeah, all of the above, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. The Lakers, I just, it's better to watch LeBron, you know, happy and playing well, winning games. Like, that's better for the league. It just is. Um, than the Lakers being bad and it being a sad Thing to watch yeah, outside of New Orleans, I, I bet that's very true. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Outside of New Orleans, I don't know. I mean, I think you got to take it day by day with the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I've said like LeBron's playing out of his mind, but he's 38 years old. Yeah, like I'm 38 years old. My back hurts just sitting here talking to you guys, so <laughs> I don't know how he's doing it. Um, so I, and I don't know how long he can do it. Like, I've learned not to take. LeBron James for granted, but at the same time, like he, there, there's, it's, it's scientific how he approaches the season, you know, at, at his age now, like he can't be expected to carry a team in January and then also be able to like carry a team, um, come, you know, May in April yeah. and May. So like, I, I think, like I said, at the beginning of the season, this, the Lakers team begins and ends with Anthony Davis. And as and if Anthony Davis is still on the sidelines, like I just don't see yeah, we've like, been a there. real turnaround. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't see a real turnaround for this Lakers team. But I am all about you know vibes being immaculate for the Lakers because I like I, 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 I sad vibes. I don't want that. <laughs> I just uh, you know I'm glad the the Nets are just playing basketball. Like it was too much just bad vibes at the start of the season. But at the same time, I say take it day by day because I think their Super Bowl right now is the trade deadline. Um, so we will see what happens for them. Um, 
and if anything happens to them. You know, Cassidy, um, part of it, when you talk about the trade deadline, I think part of what makes it even more interesting is that if you look at the West, the Lakers somehow magically are only like one and a half games out of fifth place right now. Ugh. And we're used to the West being so good and so dominant. And unfortunately, there were many seasons where if the Pelicans were in the East, they would have been looking much better in terms of making the playoffs and that kind of thing. But um, are you surprised at, at kind of how the West looks right now where you have, I mean, Golden State, for example, is in sixth place and they're 20 and 20. I can't remember the last time that a sixth place team in the West, and granted, we're only halfway through the season, um, was around 500. Usually it's like you got to win 50 games if you want to f- finish, you know, in that part of the standings. But, I mean, overall, I mean, are, are you are you surprised that it just seems like how down the West kind of is compared to a lot of years. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of parity across the league. Um, I I guess you could say they're down, um, but I, maybe that's just also like not giving the Denver Nuggets enough credit, not giving um, the Grizzlies enough credit. You know, they're down because you don't have like the marquee franchises, like, you know, just waxing people like the Warriors. I think, I think, I think the Warriors have such a hold on um, the attention of NBA fans um, that, you know, they're a little bit of a pulse of the, of the league at times. Um, And for their early season struggles and Steph not being um, out there, it it, kind of drags the rest of the West down in a way. Um, But in reality, like, the way that Jokic is playing for the Nuggets right now is sensational. Like, yeah. I mean, he is like, it's crazy. Um, and the Grizzlies, like I started the year being like, it was a fluke. They're not going to come out like, you know, um, like gangbusters again. And they're doing that. And then you guys like the Pelicans, um, as much as like, that's a surprise. If you're really paying attention, <laughs> Big thanks to Cassidy Hubbard. What a fun time with her. Uh, tonight, Jim, we are facing as our own Todd Graffinini, radio play-by-play voice of the Pelicans, calls it a house of horrors. In Washington, D.C., we are facing the Wizards of Washington. Uh, the last time the Pelicans have won there, and, and to your point, you've said this, Speaking of Washington's history of success, it's just odd. January 1st, 2011, I believe mm. you were like 10 years old back then. <laughs> it's crazy. I think I was eight. Yeah, 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 it's true. I'm giving you a few years. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's inexplicable. I mean, how, how do you figure that it's not really that great of a home court advantage? Like, no disrespect to them. I mean, it's not very loud. It's not very hostile. I mean, it's kind of a corporate crowd I would describe it as in Washington. Where, you know, it's a lot of people that go take their clients Maybe out. Maybe that's it's the not... thing. It's so boring compared to New Orleans. We're just like, oh, yeah. this is like playing in a Staples. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're on to something there. But yeah, I mean, I have no idea why the Pelicans have struggled so much against them. I mean, I don't think they've done that well against the Wizards in New Orleans either. I mean, much better. Than they've done on the road, but I'm sure Bradley Beal has a lot of yeah. uh, something to do with that too. But right, uh, he's not playing this game, so right. we won't have to worry about him in this one. Yeah, it's kind of um, another example of kind of the depth depth bowl where you have Pelicans don't have Zion or 
Ingram. The Wizards don't have Beal, so the Wizards have a pretty big cast of younger guys that they've drafted in the last couple of years that are important to them, just like the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. Very similar where you have a lot of players in their first, second, and third year that are vital to whatever success that you can have. So that'll be an interesting part of this game. Um, I think the Pelicans right now, to me, are in a situation where they have to kind of stay afloat, pick up some wins, especially on the road, not going to a stretch like some of these other teams have really fallen apart lately Mm -hmm. in the West with key guys out of the lineup. Um, Clippers are struggling. Yeah, the Clippers and the Suns have both lost six games in a row. And this is something that I'm going to talk about by the time you hear this. This article will probably already be out in the shoot-around article this morning. Fresh and hot. The Pelicans are 8-8 eight and eight since the beginning of that Phoenix series in December when the Suns came here. People, Everyone remembers what happened there. They're 8-8, eight and eight, which is not great. I mean, it's obviously it's literally exactly yeah. average that they've played 500 balls since then. But, you know, I talked about this with Cassidy Hubberth about, you know, the term I used was down, and maybe I was a little harsh there. Right. I think the, the weird u- state the, of the, the West, u- yeah. The, the term that she used was probably a little better, a little um, – more reasonable was she, I think she called it parody. Yeah. But I mean, what's happened in the West over the last month is I mentioned Phoenix and Clippers have currently lost six in a row. There's several other teams that have really struggled. And even though new Orleans has only been eight and eight over the last month, they've gained ground on nine of the other 14 teams in the West. So you would think that you would mostly tread water or probably lose a little ground, but in general, they've actually, done fine in comparison to everyone else in the West, other than I think at this point we're looking at Memphis and Denver as two teams that have started to create some separation. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily looking at right now, of course you want to finish as high as you can and you want to try to catch them if possible. But to me right now is more about you're in third place in the West. Can you stay there? Can you yeah. stay in the top four? So Still that you in have, third place. People need to, to remember that. Yeah. Right. Can you, can you maintain home court advantage in the first round. Obviously we still have half of the season left. There's 40 something games to go. So, I mean, it's a, it might be a little bit too early to, to get down to the precision of that part of it. But I mean, to me, short term, I think they need to Pelicans need to keep winning games on the road. So with so many that they have on the schedule here and see if they can just maintain that. And the way that things have, it's been fortunate the way that things have broken lately, if they can, you know, pick up some wins here and there. I think yeah. they'll, they'll be able to stay there. And I would, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think top four would be, would be excellent going into the postseason. And I think it's reasonable. This is one of the toughest stretches of the season that Definitely. we're facing now. Mm-hmm. And if we can sort of just like, you know, go about 500 with this rough stretch, this is one of those games against the wizards where as much of a house of horrors as it's been, I feel like you can get it. Uh, you know, again, especially with Beal out, I feel like if you can defensively just sort of lock down Porzingis, I believe in our depth more than their depth, uh, especially with Larry Nance uh, looking like he can add some more athleticism to the floor. We've we've missed him. Yeah, th- this team is, I mean, just look at the record, but just watching the games, this is the best Pelicans team that we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think the time is now to end this long yeah, house of horrors streak that you mentioned in Washington. Oh, Washington. Um this is a good, this is a good test tonight and just going forward to see what they can do. You're right. We're happy to have CJ back. Um, Larry Nance, I believe is listed as probable to yeah. play. So hopefully he'll be back in the mix. So getting a little bit closer to the team that we, you know, hope to have, obviously there's still a couple big 
pieces that still we need to get back on the floor. I was it was good to hear that Cassidy said that uh, Brandon Ingram told her that he's hoping to be back on this road trip. So yes. hopefully we'll get some more good news as well. Yes. I thought Larry Nance had a really good quote. I think it might have been Friday shoot around where he said, you know, we're learning about each other every game and as the season goes on. But one of the things that we've realized is that when it comes to time to step up, it, everyone here is ready to play. And it seems like that's been the case so many times where it's like, if you have a question about a, a certain guy, like, okay, is, is he going to be ready to play? And it's like, yep, he's ready. Yeah. So that's been a huge strength of this team. And as we've talked about many times on the podcast this season, um, there's never been a better time to have depth because yes. there's more guys that are out missing games for rest and for injury and something that's kind of unfortunately spread across the league this year. Yes. It's just, there's been more guys that have been out of the lineup. So it really helps to have 13, 14 guys that can, can help you at any point. And Absolutely. Uh, that's something that Kyra was another good example of that. Uh, Jim, you have a poll out right now. Who is the Pelicans player of the week? Uh, I went ahead and casted my vote for Najee because how can you not? The man is uh, having career <laughs> highs just game after game. The more minutes he gets. But uh, an interesting poll, and I, th- I think the options uh, are are interesting as well. You, you couldn't fault anyone for choosing any of them. Yeah, I mean, I first of all, I appreciate your voting. It's very important that we have voter participation in this society. Yes. I'm also going to keep doing hashtag Western Conference Wednesday. Two oh, of us now. Two excellent, of us. Excellent. We've doubled our the popularity. Yeah. As of uh, this morning... Najee had 71% of the votes. He averaged 18.3 points per game over the four games that New Orleans played last week. I think very well-deserved. I mean, uh, C.J. McCollum was 14 for 27 on threes. He had a great week. Jonas Valanciunas averaged 12.3 rebounds, averaged a double-double. Both of those guys' votes are a little lower, but I think um, no knock against them. I think it's mostly just people, including yourself, Joe, showing the appreciation for what Najee has been doing lately and just having some of the most productive stretches of his career. Great to see from a guy who was undrafted and really was on a two-way contract as a rookie. Yeah. And now two seasons later, he's constantly producing career highs and scoring and just kind of showing how much he's expanded his game overall. Absolutely. So shout out to the knife. Uh, Let's hope we can end our streak at the House of Horrors tonight in D.C., 6 p.m. tip. Check it out, 5.30 p.m. pregame on the radio, 99.5 WRNO, or you can catch it on Bally's Sports. Jim Eichenhofer, thank you as always. Well, thank you, Joe. Likewise to you, it was was, uh, a lot of fun. Now it's time for the Pelicans to get some wins. Yes, let's bear down. Time to get them. Uh, we are the Pelicans Podcast, presented as always by SeatGeek. Big thanks to Cassie Hubbard for joining us from ESPN. On Wednesday, we will be speaking to the very, very much missed Mr. John DeShazer. Can't wait to have him on the podcast. Tune in for that. And until then, go Bills! <laughs> Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.